Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome to the kitchen table this week. I am so excited. We are sitting down um, with Heidi Lee Anderson. And you may know her on Instagram. Um, She used to go by this mother hen. I have loved your work, Heidi, for a long time. She is um, a mother of four and an amazing writer and creator of resources. I think, honestly, both for my children, I've used them for my children, and we'll talk about that, and for myself. And she has a new book that's coming out. And so we're going to really be talking about the book today. But Heidi, thank you for coming on. And I appreciate you being here. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me, Bethany. I'm super honored. I love having these conversations. I'm excited to dive in with you. Well, as I said a minute ago, just before we get started in the book, I do want to just, you know, sing your praises. I love your ability to in a snippet of time, unpack a truth, a God truth for a mom or a God truth for a mom to share with a child. I think it's a gift that you have. You know what? I, I'm glad you call it a gift. I think it's, I lack, um, I'm very easily distracted. (laughs) And so I need things quick and my kids need things quick. And uh, I had just read actually a study by Facebook that said the average user only gives something three seconds and then they'll scroll on. I don't know if you feel that way as you're scrolling too, but but I'm like, okay, man, if people are on the scroll and I have three seconds to grab their attention, they don't give me much more beyond that. So my maximum, I mean, I'll do a 30 second reel, but how can I share about Jesus and the truth in his word in that short amount of time? So it's always my goal, but my kids help too. When they're like this, I'm done, mom. If I, you know, belabor on and on, it's like, okay, I got to keep things simple here. Oh yeah. (laughs) I've learned that with all of mine. I've learned that you better not give them the long version of a story because their eyes glaze over and they're like, and you're like, yeah, I've lost you. I lost you before I even told you the second character. I just lost you. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yes. So, well, I I love that. So at the end and in the show notes, we'll have the link to your um, social media because I think people need to find you and and learn from you. And uh, I just think you have an amazing ability there. I loved your Christmas resource this year. My kids loved it. It was great. I love that. That's great. Yeah, no. So I used to be in kids ministry and I, and I loved it. I just remember when I would tell the stories of like David and Goliath, or, I mean, those stories that I grew up hearing, even when these kids have heard it like 50 times, their eyes would widen like saucepans, you know, as they're just staring up. And I thought, whoa, if they're soaking everything up like sponges this age, like 
let's tell them, let's tell them all about Jesus. Let's tell them about what the Bible says about him and how he loves them. Um, and so that, that kind of opened my eyes from the beginning early in my twenties, where I realized the power of the gospel, not just with adults, but man, kids soak that up too. And it's powerful when we actually sit down and explain it to them, you know, in language, they actually understand. Well, and I think that, um, I know that, one thing that I think about with my crew is that those early years introducing them to God can't come soon enough. Like just letting them see God at work all through the scriptures, that it's one story he's telling and he keeps telling it over and over in different places because he's telling that story in your life too. And, you know, so I love that's so important. And you're right. I mean, my kids, you know, there's something awesome about when we tell those stories, some of those stories. In fact, just the other day we were talking about the one because right now my seven-year-old just loves the concept of somebody. This is really brutal. It's gruesome. I wasn't planning to share this, but he's right. (laughs) (laughs) He's right now really engaged with the story of the nail being drilled through the bad guy's head. That's how he says it. Tell me again. Tell me again about that. For sure. And I'm like, well, it's more than a nail. It was more like a tent peg. (laughs) Like he has no frame of reference. And I'm like, there is a part of me that's my, I'm like, but you would, you would never want to act this story out with your friends. Like this is not the story to do. Please. Yeah. Please don't go around and spread this like story across the neighborhood. So they know it comes from your, from you. Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) So. Well, what we're really talking about today, though, is that you've written a book and this book is for moms, but it's called P.S. It's going to be good. And it's how God's word answers our questions about faith, fear and all the things. Yeah. And honestly, this this book is so much of actually what we're just talking about. You make the stories in the word of God come alive to answer massive questions that we have in our faith journeys and what we're wrestling with. What made you want to write this book? Why did you choose to start this book? Yeah. Well, about 10 years ago now, it's crazy. I think it's been about a decade, but I will always Mm. remember sitting on that white crinkly paper at the doctor's office. I had a few lumps in my neck that I didn't know what they were. Um, and I will just always remember hearing you have Hodgkin's lymphoma and it sucked the air right out of me. And for the first time ever, really, I was facing a situation so out of my control and absolutely nothing I could do to fix it. And really wondering like where God was, I knew he loved me. So why did he let this happen? And I know his word is chock full of promises, but why aren't they lining up with my reality right now? And as I went through that and I've, and I've dug into those questions that I myself asked, I realized there are women today sitting in that same position. They've been told bad news of some sort, and it may not be a cancer diagnosis, although maybe, but that may be a news of a miscarriage or Mm -hmm. a divorce or an unexpected bill that they don't have the means to pay for. I mean, whatever it may be, that's the reason why I'm on social media. That's the reason why I wrote this book. Because when we take a look at God's word, we find out he's in silent about any of it, but he lays out his reassuring, hope-filled promises. And at the end of the day, I just wanted to know, like, am I going to be okay? 
And a lot of the, a lot of these women, that's what they want to know too. Like, God, are you going to work this out? And we know the promise of Romans 8, 28. That is a sure promise that we can bank everything on. We know it's not only going to be okay, but for those who know God and are called according to his purpose, I mean, it's going to be good. And so that's why I wrote the book is I just, my heart goes out to people. And even as I face situations, I need to remind myself of this truth. Um, and so it's just all packaged together in one book that'll hopefully bring encouragement and make us laugh too, because life is far too short to be serious all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a, as one of your followers on Instagram, I, it was like you were um, talking to me in the book. I could literally hear the cadence of your speech and- <laughs> I like, I love that. Well, and one thing when I had reached out to my publisher, as I was going back and forth on some ideas, I said, I really want this to sound like we're sitting across the table, like having a cup of coffee. And this is just encouragement that I would get. So I want words to be like gonna like my title. I don't want it to be PS. It's going to be good. I want them to hear like, it's gonna be good. And I, I want it also to have my font inside. You'll see that if you, yeah. if, um, if, if readers pick up a copy, but that it's just like the regular book font, but I also wanted my handwriting in there as if, cause I write in margins all the time in books. Do you do that too, mm -hmm, Bethany? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I just wanted to feel mm -hmm. like, these are the notes that I, my side notes, what I'm feeling, my reactions to Bible stories when it's like, I need a minute, you know, and I, that, that makes my day because that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be a, a fun conversation. So it, it was great. I mean, I think that from the very beginning, you kind of captured me. I wasn't, you know, when I was sitting down to read it, I was just sitting down to read it and to see, and I was like, oh, because like you start with the story of Adam and Eve, really Eve. And, yeah. um, and you talk about from the very beginning that the enemy's first, first attack on us is a seed of doubt. Yeah. That did God really say, Yeah. and that is, I know that there have been so many seasons of my life where that is absolutely his very first whisper. Did God really say Right. That this is because, for you. Yeah. Because we see later, like when, when the serpent posed the question, I mean, Eve responded with what God had said. That was her original response where she knew exactly what God told her. She said, mm -hmm. no, he didn't say that. He said, we can eat from all the trees, just not this tree. And it, it reminds me like so many of us know God's word. We know what he said, but it's just a matter of are we going to believe it? Or are we going to give the devil a little more time on air? And that is, that is when I put it like black and white, like that, sometimes if I'm thinking about the, what if, or the worst case, mm -hmm. I can sometimes think I'm just preparing myself. So this is okay. But when I actually call it out for what it is that this is not the voice of God, because the voice right. of God breathes hope and life and reassurance. It, it breathes his truth in it. We will hear his word, his verses echoing in our mind, but we know like, okay, this is not, this is not from the Lord. So this is either my sin or it's the enemy, but either way, when I call it out for what it is, I mean, I don't want to listen to it anymore. And so I think it's a powerful yeah. thing to keep going back to God's word and remembering what he said, because we know it, but we need to keep declaring it and rereading it until we believe it. Yes. 
And I love the way you set up every chapter where at the end you have uh, the how, like this is how this question gets answered. Yeah. Well, I, I have read so many books and I love books. I love reading, but what I found is it seemed like there was not a practical, like how to choose faith or fear, discouragement or worry. It was all these theories and, and these bullet points, but I'm like, I need some meat on this. Like, what does this actually look like? And so I, that's what I want at the end of every chapter is put a, how a principle where this is one principle we can take away from this Bible story, this Bible hero to implement in our own lives. Cause I'm such a like, well, how does this work? Like, it sounds good, but <laughs> yeah, that's like, what I, I need to know how to walk in this. And yeah. so, yeah, so that I, I needed that for myself, but I love, yes, that's how every chapter ends. And, and hopefully it's helpful to others too. It, it was tremendously helpful. Um, I'm wondering, well, what was your favorite one to write? Okay. What was- okay that's a, yeah, that's a good you one. That answer. You may not have that answer. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I think the most relatable woman in the Bible who I just love is Martha. And I think she can sometimes get a bad rap, right? With it's like she is mad at Mary for being at, at Jesus. <laughs> and like, come on, we got housework to do. But honestly, her brother dies. And I just think when I went through cancer, like I want to know what happens when the worst case happens. Like I want to study those Bible characters where they held on in faith. And she did. I mean, she sent the word and said, tell, tell Jesus that his dear friend is sick. I mean, she didn't even need to use his name. She's like, he knows who that is. And I love that, that she was so intimate with Jesus. And she knew that that if he came, he would be healed. And she waited on him. She banked on him showing up, but then he didn't. And I, and I find so much encouragement from that passage where Jesus did it. I mean, we see in the conversation with his disciples that he did it on purpose. And at first Mm -hmm. it can be like, well, what do you mean? Like it was for his benefit and he did it because he loved Lazarus Mm -hmm. that he waited. And, and then you fast forward to the end. And I just love to, when Martha's introduced the scene, when Jesus comes on and it's almost like you can see her hand on her hip finger wagging when she (laughs) says like, if you would have come, like I asked, then my brother wouldn't have died. And I thought that if you would have healed me, like I asked, then I wouldn't have had to go through chemo and radiation. And I know women think that if you would have if you would have came, like I asked for this positive pregnancy test or to save my marriage. And and in the aftermath, we can wonder like, where's God and how could you ever use this for our good and his glory? And so she's my ultimate favorite. I, I loved that chapter because I mean, now we know what Jesus comes onto the scene and he tells Martha, do, do you believe? And she says, well, of course I do. I know he'll be risen at the last day. And it did yeah. bring encouragement to her, but he said, no, I'm the resurrection and the life that all who believe in me will never die. And I think that's such encouragement for us today too, because a lot of time we still face death, like cancer. Even my son said, and as I had a recurring test, he said, she's just scared. She's going to die. And I was like, okay, like it's a little more serious than that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, but then I thought about later, like at the core, that's true. I just don't want to die and leave my kids 
without a mom. And, but I think if we remember Jesus coming onto the scene and who he is, so he's the resurrection and the life, we will never die. We get to be more alive in heaven than ever before. But what does he do? He raises Lazarus back to life and everyone sees it for themselves. And I just think if we would hold on in faith, even in the worst case, our God is so faithful. Mm -hmm. He would never forsake us, but he will show himself off in the end. We will see his glory mm -hmm. prevail, but we just got to hang on. That's the battle, right? We're, yeah. we're like Martha on the road. Like, where is Jesus? And he will prove himself faithful. He's on the way he's coming. So that was my ultimate favorite chapter because I just, I love her story. Oh, I did too. Oh, and I love the way you painted it because I will say, honestly, I sometimes I'm like, I kind of roll my eyes at Martha. I'm like, yeah, okay, Martha, you know, <laughs> I know it, I know it, but, but she girl. is bold. I've always been impressed because she is bold. I mean, like she goes to Jesus and like tells him yeah. like, tell yeah. Mary to start working. I mean, that's pretty bold. Right. And yeah. then she's the one who meets Jesus on the road and is like, I mean, like yeah. what in the world uh, you're late. Yeah. And yes. this is now, so there is that space in her that I've, that I've admired, but I love the way you made her come to life for me. Oh. Um, and I know that, you know, you think about, I shared with you before we got on air, but my husband, when he was diagnosed with cancer and it was this space where the way my personality works, I, we had, um, well, we had six kids and the youngest was four at that time. And I remember, like just pushing it down for a while. It wasn't, you know, as we were figuring out where he was going to get treatment and how we were going to go about it and life is busy and all the things. And then there was this one day where God was like, you need to come away with me. Like we have to have a conversation in essence. And so I got, I honestly got a babysitter Yeah. and I got in the car and I thought I was going to go to like a coffee shop or do something. And it was like, a day of driving around because I was too wrecked to go in anywhere. I looked a mess, totally. But, <laughs> but it was this day with God where I was asking all these questions that you ask in this book. And I'm like, I cannot raise these kids by myself. Like, are you asking me to do this? Yeah. And what if this, and what if this, and why, and this is what he's been called to do is do cancer. And now he's going to have cancer. And I just don't, this is not a good irony. And yeah. like, there was just so much that God had to unpack with me about his goodness yeah. that is not seen right away. All it, right. It's not like, because we follow God, we get this beautiful, easy coasting, life here. And then we go into the ever after. Yeah. And so for me, these, these chapters were so good, Heidi. Well, I think um, so, I, like you said, so when we're in the middle of our stories, I mean, we can play out in our mind, how it might turn out in the end. But I think when we keep reminding ourselves, like we can only see some things, but God sees all things. And if we would just hang on and recognize I am in the middle of my story, this is not the end because yeah. our God holds the final word. And if we know in the end, somehow he's going to twist it and mold it in a way where it is good, then we can hang on. But I agree where when you're just sitting in the middle, it is 
so hard to answer mm-hmm. those questions ourselves. And that's really why I wanted to help help with that. Cause I, oh, I've been there. Even I just had a, my annual mammogram a couple of days ago and I'm like texting my husband. She has to take another image. She's bringing me to another room. And then she says, I'll find out in two days. How am I supposed to sit around for two days while she had to take these extra, extra. images? Just in case. And, um, it was a battle for sure. And, Um, but again, it's that reminder where when we're in the middle of it, I mean, for one, God is with us for sure in his presence. I mean, if we continually seek him, we will get that peace. But two, I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna work it out. I mean, Romans 8, 28, when I was just like, okay, I'm going to call that to mind. I'm going to wait on it. And you guys sometimes have to tell yourself that Mm -hmm. verse, like every minute of the day. Right. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that is so true that when we're in the middle though, we just got to hang on because in the end, it's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah. Well, and I think that what you just said is so key is that retelling of it to ourselves. Um, and it's why we need community too. We need other people oh, going, no, 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 yes. no, let's refocus because it's so easy for me in the really hard spaces to get so consumed with what's right in front of my eyes and forget to lift my eyes up and remember the truth. And like, you know, isn't it second Corinthians 10, like take all these thoughts captive and it's not of my doing. Like we have a divine power that's, that takes them captive for us, but it is standing in that truth and saying, okay, this, this is not This is not a good thought. This is a defeating thought. This is a complete fear. This is a doubt. This is dismay. It's not of God, none of it. So what is the scripture I can anchor to that combats um, it? Combats it. Yeah. And I, I love to, in the Psalms, like, isn't David so relatable to he's so just, I mean, it's his journal entries and he is laid it all out there. Um, but I love, I love in the Psalms how, in the very beginning of the Psalms, I mean, it'll be like, this is happening. And even he's like, may may creditors seize their real estate. My enemies like take them out. God. It's like, if I said that today, I would be canceled. You know, it's like, (laughs) he says things that you can, like, we can be honest with God because he already knows, right. It's not like any of this is a surprise. Um, but what I love is that's what they don't stay there. Like if, when we read to the end of the Psalms, I'm thinking, I think specifically of 81, but I love, I love how they make a shift and they say, why soul, are you sad? Why so discouraged? Put your hope in God, your, your savior. And it's like, well, why am I sad? Like I could answer that in the Psalmist. I mean, David was on the run from King Saul hunting him down. And then later his actual son is hunting him down. And so it's like, we know David has good reason to be sad, but that wasn't the point. It's in light of his God, in light of the truth. Why am I discouraged? We can put our hope in God, in his promises. And that's when we start to live in that free, abundant life Jesus came to give. And I, so the Psalms is such a great, I mean, those chapters are so great to read when you're in the thick of it, right? Because then you can just rehearse what, what yeah. David, I mean, you can just echo, I mean, what he said to God. They're oh, basically. Yeah that you can just make your own. Yeah. I think my favorite, and we were just talking about this with our teenage boys, um, is the one where it says until I entered the throne room of God. And then it's like, you know, in essence, what is it? Psalm, 
I'm the worst with taglines of where things are. I can find it in my Bible, but I can't. I'm 73. I know it ends with a three. Um, but it, but where he's like he's detailing everything. And then he yeah. goes, and he's basically going, Why? Why is it yeah. so cruddy? Why is it that all the bad people seem to be lifted up? They seem to get everything their way. Because we have some we have um three teenagers who are, you know, and it's like, why does this person who's whatever mean or not treating people well, or why is it that everything seems to go well for them? And I'm sitting over here feeling like the worst and I'm trying to walk well and walk with the Lord and, you know, and, and go into that Psalm going, you know, David had that same perspective until he entered the throne room of God. And then he could see a whole different perspective. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you're right. All the Psalms, you know, I think that when I was in college, I did not understand that God welcomes our wrestling. I had been a believer since I was a little girl went through this massive um, thing with the Lord. I was told in essence that I would never be able to have a baby. And, um, and it wrecked me. I mean, it wrecked me. And, um, and so for a year, I just was mad, but I, because I kind of was in a Christianese world, I acted like everything was fine. Yeah. I think technically in my sorority, I was still leading, I was leading Bible studies. I lived with roommate, college roommates. And if they're listening to this, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I <laughs> would like, you know, there was like, kind of like this accountability of like, well, what were you studying? I mean, I could make it up because yeah. Yeah. I could fake it, but inside I was seething. I was so angry with the Lord for what was going on. And then there was this one night where God, everybody was going out. I wasn't in the mood to go out. And, um, and so I was like, I'm just going to stay home and watch TV. And God made the power go out in my apartment complex. Nowhere else, nowhere else at Baylor (laughs) had the power go out just at my apartment complex. Oh my goodness. And so TV didn't work. And of course this was before we had phones and all the other things. And so like, there was nothing to do in the dark. And God was like, how about you? And I have a conversation in essence. Because it was like, I guess, I mean, what am I got? I got nothing to do. Right. I want to read a school book. So it was like, I yeah. went to the Bible and it was like that night, God goes like, Bethany, I'm engaged in your wrestling. I can handle it. I can handle your weeping. I can handle your anger. I can handle it. But I promise you, you will not stay wrestling. Like if you sit with me, I will turn it into worship, which is what I think the Psalms do crazy amazing yes i love that play on words wrestling to worship that's great yeah you need to write a book <laughs> get, that, get that in a book one day maybe but not right now it's a, <laughs> it's a little busy over here but yeah i have a lot going on no yeah. but i love that i love that it's so true yeah it's just you know i think for me in your book the most the one i loved maybe the most i have three that i really loved I love the chapter. I loved your book. I have oh, the chapter on, on Gideon though. Um, oh, yeah. And when it says, you know, we can feel inadequate, but it's always about who God says we are. Yeah. Yes. And I've, I've known Gideon's story, but the way you wrote about it, I was like, that is my story. There's so much that I'm like, I cannot do this. Yeah. That's like, it's really not about 
what you say about yourself. Right. No, I love that. I love, I love Gideon's story because I mean, so often, especially we as moms, right. We can often feel inadequate or unsure of what's ahead. I mean, it's like, we haven't walked through this with these unique human beings ever before. And it can be hard to know what am I supposed to do in this situation? And I just, I love Gideon's honesty when, when an angel of the Lord appeared and called him mighty warrior. And he's like, got raised eyebrows looking around. Like he admits I am the weakest around here. In fact, I'm the least in my own family. And And yet what did God deem him as he called him mighty warrior and God makes no mistakes like that. And, Mm -hmm. and I think God has told us who we are all throughout his word. I mean, we are his ambassadors. Jesus even told us we are the light of the world as the light of the world. He called us that too, showcasing his light to the world. And I mean, he has just spoken who we are all throughout his word. And, and so often like Gideon, are we like, no, 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 look around at circumstances here and no way is that true. Right. But, but we are not who we, who we think we are. We are always who God says we are. And and there, I love that God calls us such beautiful, noble, strong things. You know, it's not, he's, we're these humans on earth. He's this big creator God, yet he has just deemed us the apple of his eye. And we are his dear, his dear treasure. I mean, it is astounding what he calls us, but so many of the time, I mean, are we even familiar with these titles that we've been given or have we've just called ourselves or gotten used to our own identity that we've put on ourselves that that seems too unrealistic or far off, but it, I mean, it doesn't have to be Gideon shows us the way where when we follow in his footsteps, I mean, God just told him do one thing after another, one foot in front of another in light of what God has called us to do. And same goes for us. I mean, every day as we take step by step with the Lord and walk in what he set before us, the lane he set before us, then we start to realize more and more who we are in Christ, yeah. you know? I wonder too, I've always wondered, and my mom and I have talked about this once, um, you know, when Jesus says you are the light of the world and a light set on a hill, yeah, right? Yeah. And I always wonder because Gideon's story was yeah. that they, he just assembled these men and they were supposed to stand on a hill with their light covered until they broke it. And then oh. there they are. And, oh, you know, And, you know, and it threw the enemy down in the valley into a complete panic and they just killed themselves. But, oh my word, I've never put that together. That's amazing. I don't know if Jesus was like, you know, be, I mean, super fascinating. Anyway, so we, we think about it over here. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. No, that's very cool. Um, Well, for everyone listening, the book is P.S. It's going to be good. And I can tell you the book is very good. And, um, and so we will have in the show notes where everybody can get the book. It comes out officially April 4th. Yes. The Um, fun thing is if you order, if you order any time before that day, though, you get the audio book for free, which I think is very fun. I had a really good time recording that. So if you get the audio book, I mean, that conveys my passion, my intention, just it's, it's really a whole lot of fun. And then you also get my faith over fear course, my four week course on top of that. So 
Yes. There's some other goodies coming. I do want to join a few small groups that do the book with their small group. And so there's opportunity to win that too, which would be really fun. Oh, that would be so fun. Yes. So y'all get the book. Heidi, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun. I just, I feel like let's just keep going. Let's do this again. I would love that. We'll have (laughs) to figure this out because I would love that. I think that, um, It's been really fun today. So thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to BethanyKimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, When we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.